Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. to my rather diversified prior episodes comprised of a plethora of cerebral topics, evoking newfound self-awareness and spurring new protocol to yield a healthy resolve and equilibrium, my esteemed and fellow literary compadres and I will instead proceed with original prose poetry this evening. Yes, you guessed it. Story time, my dear listeners. And without further ado, I'll initiate the plunge into this wordsmithing episode with some of my original works from my 2017 published chapbook, Pardon My Vernacular, Wordsmith at Large, Verbal Tango, Volume 1, coupled with a sneak preview of written works in my forthcoming sequel to the aforementioned text. So, unwind, recline, and away we go. Inexplicable Forces. She beckoned him into her lavish abode adorned with earthy opulence that he obliged unapprehensively. The alluring, tantalizing, purple rain bodycon ensemble clung to every crevice of her chiseled physique, shrouded in lush, enticing him prior to the figure to dance. Indeed, their auras permeating and devoured one another, pore by pore, landing into a soulful tango, gratifying implosion, an ocean of relentless bliss. Every tender kiss defies old man winter hovering beyond the threshold, yet induced the summer solstice instead. Each touch spawned lightning coupled with thunder, which took precedence, annihilating the former calm. Passion erupts, becoming the torrential rain, which follows suit, leaving them drenched, saturated, restoring balance yet again. Time lapsed. Unbeknownst to these two fervent entities, none other than unconventional, unorthodox gifts for one another, engulfed in sweet benevolence. Hence, the cadence of the departing hour arrives in which they bask in the saline waters ignited by the procreation of their spirits. Upon bidding one another adieu, he strides out the door wearing the cloak of ardor, while the garment of lasciviousness hugged her saltine speckled flesh. An effervescent moment mutually etched in the stone of their consciousness until further notice. I before E except after we. I before E except after we is my interpretation. Or is it C? Your way into the intellectual, educational, conversational realm. You know, the academic sphere where the ten slaves lays waste, mutilates the sword, that is. Ah, the pinnacle, 
epitome of Newton's reaction to the reaction. Knowledge spewed onto bright-eyed, bushy-tailed youth to become inevitably sponged, sapped, relished via cerebral planes, sculpting modern-age vortices and constellations contrary to Andromeda and Cassiopeia, simmering boastfully poised and dank arrogance, which spills, pours into the petri dish, harboring the antidote for the allegedly incurable for dot, 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 ellipses, fill in the blank, resting in the clutches of the, of the millennial generation next. Other than three-dimensional minds to the infinite power times pi r squared, crafting, resculpting, chiseling torches infinitely ablaze by ingenious predecessors such as the apple of their glistening eyes, Steve Jobs, and inventors akin to his ideologies, premonitions, and visions, nevertheless. Sprightly concepts lush for the plucking on standby for the one, two, three, blastoffs, landing at the threshold in close proximity to the heavens. Airborne, playing devil's advocate with prodigies past, present, and in the process of becoming. Dreams undeferred, prophecy fulfilled. Dedicated to showmen Harold Lefty Williams and fellow dreamers worldwide. No, nine, yet, ne, non, are but a few ways they'd plagued me with the decline. Yet I summoned, siphoned the remnants of my battered and weathered spirit, compounded by the insult amplified with the injury spawned by old man winter, inducing the ill-harmonic song of a snarling arctic wind, pummeling my ears, devouring my naked hands, desperately seeking, searching, yearning for the summer solstice, to thaw and melt my frigid disposition. My effervescent fervor, energy waning, I harnessed the nerve to genuflect, casting an upward gaze, devotedly paying homage to Father, hovering above, within, and below, despite the painstaking shrills of the faithless, uttering the mantra of my projected defeat, yielded by the campaign, fostered by my audacity to dream. However... I re-enter the ring, the arena, disrobing, discarding the tattered cloak, saturated, drenched, stained with saline tears shed by virtue of ritually petitioning for wealth and redemption. Suddenly, the sun fiercely pierces billowing clouds, illuminating, igniting my faltering hope, annihilating, consuming, taking precedence over the stench of failure, evoking the score. Welcome redemption at last. And now, let's make a preview of poems from my forthcoming published chat book, which is under wraps. Branded, sold by the pound. If we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, then why do I live within the urban decay of this ill-fated domain, posing as, bearing the guise of, a makeshift plantation comprised of brotherless keepers 
slain, versed in the art of the game of betrayal, whereas the Grim Reaper fulfills prophecies, spawns some premonitions of going once, going twice, S-O-U-L-E-D, sold by the pound to the elevated bidder. Upon the pummeling of the judge's gavel, solidifying the sentence in which I quench, I, erroneously accused of distributing stairways to heaven's pearly gates, a malignant reminiscent vision etched, sketched in grain, branded upon my cerebral planes amid the clamor of sirens and LED flashes of blue, white, and rouge, and dicing shattered rest, a chronically pained chest and feeble breath sparked with Nightmares ripping me from my shallow slumber until justice procreates with my name upon the encroaching finale in which I yearn. Transparency versus translucence, defaced value. To see or not to see, that is the question. (laughs) Beyond facades orchestrated, likened to forests, Garnished, doused, and laden with skyscraping trees, comprised of oak bearing the acorn's harvest? Shall we diplomatically defer to blind eyes, welded shut, pardoning the venomous reality that stings, afflicts and erodes one's formerly Titanian character to skirt around, rather dance on tiptoe, succumbing to the hush, laboring a stifled, Strained whispers of blatant factoids concealed from allegedly virgin ears, or voraciously devour and just unrefined transparency, the quintessential serum, none other than regurgitated truth, evoked by embracing forewarned face value, as Mother uttered upon occasion. Face value, bottled, dispensed, sold, and labeled as is, mounted and bulk quantity for consumption. Paternal underdog, unscathed by the unscorn. Exuberance evoked by the melodic hymn, Lovely Day, splattered the atmosphere, illustrated by watercolored festivities, confirming triumph, yielded via the graceful fluid rite of passage of the junior apprentice, shedding his juvenile flesh prior to the evolution, suddenly thunder claps and wailing wind as darkness descends and silence manifests, annihilating the glee spawned from infectious birdsong, incarcerating the calm which sullied the sprightly aura. The patriarch, abruptly ensnared, untraceably vanishes, leaving the bewildered product, ripening fruit of his loins, procreated via an amorous conduit, none other than his son, and solace, who collapsed, crashing upon feeble knees, gazing upward, uttering, O Father, where art thou? Unscorned and unabashingly basking in the remnants of boyhood, meshed, garnished with admiration for the paternal underdog, severed from his grasp, dual capacity, Sea of bewilderment. Haunting visions plague the depths of her consciousness, swollen, embedded, comprised of retrograde images of liquid cascading, gliding, flowing down demure, melanated skin, hydrating her parched spirit, induced by the campaign of oh, fallen rain, permeating through every orifice in her pristine abode, thy body and thy temple. 
disrupting the zen by virtue of the den of rapid waters campaigning against the petrified foundation, pummeling the oak, bearing the scaffold of vulnerability to visible, prevalent, and unseen antagonists, obstructed by naked, unclothed eyes and rather dank, soiled windows, portals to unscathed souls, until nights, noble men striding in on scarlet horses, stallions, capes trailing, whisking in subarctic wind, seized the dim distressed damsel from her opulent turned abruptly fluid quarters. Alongside she, herself pouring into the sea of bewilderment, engulfing her, she, groping, grasping, scrambling, grasping for sparse air, a hair above the surface, defying the cognitive dissonance, staking its claim, unearthing, beckoned restitution. Unma, ladies and gentlemen, one more for the road prior to turning the episode over to the written artistry of local celebrity poets Clark Holtzman and Rosalind Kachuk, ladies and gentlemen. Last but not least, homecoming, perforated passion, ignited point of reference. Ultraviolet rays gently punctured her hobbling soul, resuscitating, exonerating her stifled passion, despite the customary aphrodisial pheromones evoked by summer. As the odometer ascended, beckoned solitude pierced her veins, summoning sensation, spurring a torrential downpour of saline tears in lieu of ample gratitude for inducing her return to self. Miles accumulating, her immaculate domicile trailing a light year behind in a campaign against a tropical depression, obliterating the full calm amongst the obstinate ones electing to weather, rather, <laughs> surf the vengeful storm. As she escaped its clutches and cast herself into the welcoming arms of formerly estranged kin, congenial friends, and newfound acquaintances. Every unseen embrace and candid gesture sparks a platonic release and rekindling of obstructed romanticized vernacular, delinquent words suddenly pouring upon the lonely parchment, confirming the cessation of the silently agonizing hurricane, churning within, trampling numbness, enabling the ascension of decadent epiphanies, encompassing redefined generosity from the authentic village versus imposters donning the mask of genuity, her vitality eclipsed, rousing vigor from its dormant slumber, homecoming unfurls at once. Please allow me to segue by presenting you audio recordings of three of Clark Holtzman's concisely written works prior to opening the line for Rosalind Kachuk. served a great heart, beating its little drum in the shade of the red bud. In the brightness of a bowl of water, in the sun, Standing still in a window for as long as it drank, for as long 
as it visited that oasis of stone. Worry, if underneath it is fixed form, like riverbed, that directs the flow of you. Worry, if underneath it is fixed form, like riverbed, that directs the flow of you, as in birth, sex, death, return, towards something equally permanent and untranslatable. And if you really believe it's so, then what's to worry? But worry anyway, just as if it mattered. And finally, Aches and Pains by Clark Holtzman. Aches and pains. It's easy to say nothing is here, even when you stub your toe against it. The impediment of nothing, and your toe aches for days. But nothing is here, here and now, like everything, which is how you know it. World, nothing, Everything. And switching gears, ladies and gentlemen, I now reintroduce to you Rosalind K. Chuck, my dear listener. Welcome to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show, dear Rosie. Take it away. I'm passing you the mic. It's all yours. We're all ears. The, fir- the first one I plan to read is Caterpillar. Um, in memory of Alice in Wonderland. Where I am, I do not know. I cannot tell you which way to go. For the roads all cross and cross again. When you've arrived, you've reached an end. Where you are, I know not too. We both are here. You can go there. I will change and go anywhere. So you may not see me, but I'll see you. I see you look both left and right, up and down and around the bend. Do you think the end's in sight? It's not, you know, this much I know. And so I warn, do not follow any road, though any road is all there is, and any turn will lead you there. Though you may find that there is here, and for all your efforts, you haven't gone anywhere. I suppose it doesn't matter where, it really matters who. Wherever you go, you are there. So I ask, who 
are you? The whale. The body lies strewn across the beach, the rising sun announcing a new morn. His flesh shimmers in the light, reflecting the sun's new light during the last of the night. Dawn glimmers over his back as it shimmers on the sands. He is dragged along the shore, leaving a trail upon the land. Martyr to an unknown cause, many mourn. They know they are to blame, seeking to revive the fallen warrior. Scarred in a battle he did not know he fought. Grounded on a beach, giving up. Only they, the elves and fairies, know how he fought, how he suffered, what they lost. His lament echoes down the shore all day long, his lamentation turning silent as the day grows cold. His dying now shimmering in the waning light, the sunset crimson and gold, blood and light. The colors on the glistening sands fade quickly with the coming of night, and in the absence of light, his hymn fades as the little people move by, one by one, touching and afraid to touch, until his stillness rests alone. He is moved. They carry him away in the new dawn, a morning processional as if he were a god, and the little people know even gods die. Crumbs. I needed time. I took my time. I wanted more but couldn't find it. Gathered at the hour where time converges, what difference is there here where minutes meet hours? I needed time, only a little more time before and after all. It came and went. It cost and was spent. I could not pay for more. I took my time. Did I use it wisely? Now it's gone, or is it lost? Where can I find it? Can I gather it and save it? Can I use it later? Will it be there when it's needed, or is it too late? Maybe I should have waited. Yes, it is too late to retrieve it. I needed time. I wasted time. I wanted more. Now it's vanished. Like cookie crumbs, I can almost taste it, the last little crumb. Then it's all gone, only a little more time, after all. <clears throat> and then this is the final poem. This is dedicated to my husband. I am a widow. It's called A Calling. The grandchildren still speak of you. We keep your memory. I'll start again. <laughs> the grandchildren still speak of you. We keep your memory alive. I called your name in an empty house. You didn't reply. I'll call again and again. Will you hear? Are you still lingering somewhere near? Or have you moved on? Have you disappeared? Isaiah lay on my side of the bed. He cuddled with me in a teddy bear. Even though you weren't there, we shared only half the bed as if you were. Sasha has found the Hebrew dictionary, the one we thought was lost, but you are not here to help him find the words. And I have not really moved on. This morning I drank from your cup. Sometimes I wonder if you'll answer my call when I speak your name and then look up. And that is my contribution to me as the wonderful show. Thank you. 
Well, Roslyn, we've got a couple minutes, a few, actually three more minutes left until closing out the episode. Were there any, was there another contribution you'd like to make there, or any final points or go ahead? Well, I could, there is a poem that I, a couple of poems I have memorized, so I could give one more. Um, it's called The Field, and uh, I haven't written it down, so I hope I get it right. Her name was written in the snow on a winter's afternoon as the sun was shining. No, I better not, because I'm going to get it goofed up. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, I, no, that's about it. Um, I encourage anyone to write poetry who's listening because um, it's meditative and um, the nice thing about writing is that it's a moment when you're not trying to do anything really, as far as I'm concerned. I, I was thinking about this recently. Writing for me is almost like taking dictation. Um, it's as if somebody is speaking to me and I'm just writing it down and I can let go of myself. Do you ever feel that way? More or less, I'd have to say, yes. I have a tendency to, yeah. to get lost in, in the writing, my writing moments. Lost in the imagery. And, and that's, yeah. And I'm just not there. I, I let go of myself. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I feel sometimes that I feel, I'm, you know, I don't know who I am sometimes. And when I'm, you know, when I write, or when I'm moving physically, I let go. I can let go of worrying about who I am. I just feel much mm. more comfortable with it. So, um, and you can't write anything bad. I mean, there's nothing. The nice thing about uh, poetry or journal writing is that you can't write anything bad because you're writing to yourself. So you can. You, you're not worried about somebody what somebody else is thinking while you're writing it you can just let go and then you can look come back and see who you are and you end up liking yourself there was one time in my life um I'll share this with you that I used to think if you like me there's something wrong with you you know the typical inferiority complex and then I looked around at the people who um who befriended me like you and I said, wow, these are really great people. And uh, um, my best friend, for instance, is in her 70s, and um, she teaches. she's still teaching calculus. And I, I look at all of these people, who, and I don't have a lot, a lot of friends. I have only a few friends. But I look at the ones that I've been made, made friends with, and I said, you know, if they're, if they're willing to be my friend, if they like me, I must be okay. And I think poetry does that for me, too. You know, that I can look back at these poems and say, this, you know, looking back, reading it again, I can say, if I can write this, then I must, I must not, you know, I must be okay. <laughs> if this is what I'm thinking, then I'm, I'm okay. Yes, you are. You're more than okay. Thank you. And I'm very, very, I'm very, very touched by the, the accolades that you have. <laughs> I look forward to sustaining our, sustaining our authentic friendship, Rossi. Yes, and I will call you this week, I promise. <laughs> I look forward to mm-hmm. As a okay. matter of fact, um, I posted, as I shared with you prior to the broadcast, I posted your 
book link, the link to your book on ah. Amazon. Clark Holtman's his website, ladies and gentlemen. You know, please visit the main page to the to the episode and um, enjoy. Thank you so much, Robin. You know, for chiming Thank in this episode. If you could please kindly stand by for. Okay. I'd like to thank Clark Holtzman for his poetic contributions, contributions, pardon me, alongside Rosalind Kaychuk for carving out time, space, and energy to join us tonight. I also applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, for their unwavering tenacity and support, coupled with all of you magnifying listeners spanning the globe. This radio show and movement rests upon your very broad shoulders for your continued listenership. In the interim, I invite you all to sharpen the knives of your respective arts and crafts from writing, dance, film, theater, business, financial, academia, cosmetology, barbering, and or hair artistry. (laughs) You know who you are. They're your innate gifts. So embrace and cultivate them respectively. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales signing off. Good evening.